Welcome to the Exponential Potential Podcast. Ignite your potential and thrive in times of great change with your hosts, Jennifer Evans and Claire Oatway. Join us and feel uplifted and inspired as we share with you powerful and insightful stories, top tips and tools with our expert guests on an array of topics covering all aspects of life and business designed to ignite your potential and help you thrive in times of great change. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. Um, we're still keeping the razzle-dazzle going, <laughs> as it were. Um, so welcome to another edition of Exponential Potential. Um, I hope you're all well and that you've had a safe uh, Christmas and holiday season and that hopefully you've been able to put into practice some of the tips and tricks so you've had some presence of your own with a CE instead of a T. Um, so I want to welcome Dan Underwood uh, to today's session. Dan joined us in the Twixmas special, you may remember him from there, but today we're really going to be delving quite deep into Dan's world. Um, and quite interestingly, uh, when Dan joined the call, he mentioned that, I hope you don't mind me saying this, that he decompressed between sessions. Yeah. And so this is a first for our sessions, um, but it's a, it's a really helpful practice to just kind of ground and be centered where you are right now. Um, so if we just take a moment just to breathe quite deeply into your belly and relax and then come back and you're fine. This is a place, this is a space that we hold for people um, yeah, to explore new topics, new areas of interest. Um, it's full of love and excitement and candor and <laughs> <laughs> real honesty and real stuff and authenticity um so the energy is generally quite high but every now and again you just need to go right stop and then let's move on so let's do that so dan um welcome to the show uh and you're a career and mindset coach uh and you're passionate really passionate sorry around unlocking people's individual genius and yeah. empowering them to live a life of like actual real purpose not the life that's filled of other people's expectations you really encourage people to dip into their own true value um and you do that in a way that's really quite unique and isn't very common because you use visuals um in a, in a way that helps people to see and to be able to communicate and really own their own story so there's this this deep authentic confidence around them um so the work that you do is really special and you know I really want to delve into that and in a little bit more and, and find out the range of people that you work with but for, we've known each other for a little while and I know you know you work with executives you work with people who've perhaps been on the job market for a long time you work with young people older people you see lots of different patterns across generations don't you yeah um i think uh, it doesn't matter what generation you are or how much you've lived life or not lived life we're all a person and that's the most important bit about life it's not 
always what happens to you is who you are. And I always start with the person. So no matter where I go or who I meet, it's talking to the person, not at them. And that seems to really create this authentic place where you can really help someone help themselves, not just treat them as a number. And again, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, all people doing something. So I always come back to the who, not always the what. And then that way, when you really do talk to them, it's them as a person first. And that's where the solution is, is helping someone be who they are, not always what they're trying to be. And I think you sum that up really well in in the words that you use. You, when you try to tap into somebody's individual genius, can you unpack that a little bit more? Yeah, so I basically started that out because I was a strange shape. I didn't really see other me's in the world. So I was forced to self-reflect a lot and actually understand what made me good because I wasn't good what other people were good at. Some people were, you know, uh, in my generation, taller, faster, stronger, more intelligent. I wasn't really all that. I was doing something different, which wasn't really seen as valuable. Um, so I went through life just kind of figuring out as I went along. And I realized there's certain things I kept on doing, which was quite well, which was I was able to understand people pretty quickly who they really were not who they were portraying especially when I was a young man you see a lot of peacocking and a lot of people trying to test out who they are and I was able to have genuine relationships not superficial ones and then when I went into the world of work quite quickly I realized everybody is still trying to figure stuff out as they're going along they may be doing a job they may have done it a few years but it's them as the person that makes the job good the job doesn't make them uh, so I basically just accidentally, I became my first client just all the time. And I realized just by accident, by sharing that with other people, that they needed that. And it's just grown since then. So from probably the age of, I don't know, when I was a young kid at five, I didn't realize until recently I got told that I was that quiet kid. No one really bothered, uh, really just, you know, very vanilla. But when people needed help, I got up out of my seat and helped them, especially with maths. I never knew I did that. Yet that's always, I think, in life, you everything's a self-portrait. If you can be authentic, you, and just learn how to uh, skills to apply that, that's your genius. It's the artist, you being the art. That's how it all works. And I always work with people on who, and then applying the what. And that seems to be what people really need, not only right now, but where the world is going. More people being who they are, and are mastering what they can do, not the other way around. And kind of, can you describe in a bit more detail maybe what it feels like when you're in that individual genius, or perhaps what it feels like when you're not <laughs> in that individual genius? Yeah, I think the best way is to describe the not bit, because a lot of people kind of, that's, it's almost like being at school, you know, math and your science, everybody's test. Some people can really get to remember stuff. I was not. I was got told I was stupid, kind of, but I wasn't. I was not good at tests. And you just don't feel right. Uh, when you're not being your genuine self and doing what's good, it's like watching uh, a football player, like you see at the World Cup and stuff. You know, when they're, like Ronaldo, he's not in his, in his form, so he's not performing well. There's something not quite right. And you can see the emotions in it. When it comes to each individual, you need to realise that if it doesn't feel right, what is it that you're interacting with? And then really listen to that. The good bit is, is when you don't have to think. 
and then it just flows. So you're moving from a space of thinking consciously to just unconsciously doing. And you can see this in music performances where they're almost not really aware of what's going on and people just get washed up into the emotion. And you just see that almost like perpetual wave of genius. And that's where magic comes from. It's that variable in the equation. It's not always doing it right. It's doing it great in a way where you can just trust. And that's, I think, where you see the best people really become great. Mm. And that's letting go. It's trusting in you know enough to have a go. And it's not only for people who help, but the people who kind of, you know, just do general jobs. You see them just genuinely happy about not only who they are, but how they're doing the job that they're doing. And it's just being free. And do you think uh, do you think that the pandemic and the wash through from the pandemic, there's a lot of press around the great resignation or you know you, you look around and there's um, so many vacancies on the market at the moment, and unemployment's high, and there's this almost like a mismatch and there's been a change in in how people are, particularly around the world work. Yeah, I think what the pandemic did, it forces the entire world and everyone to stop constantly the busyness. It created a uh, life happening event where everybody had to really reflect of what's happening right now because the future was uncertain and still is in a way. And it wasn't just a economic or, you know, physical way. It was a mental. And no one really had anything to cope with that. And you saw people who... Uh, were short of things, now unsure. And they hadn't really figured out how to deal with that. Um, and mass resignation, I think, it's forced people to really look at themselves and actually see who they really are, not who they've been trying to be all this time. It's almost like a mass midlife crisis just for the world. And that's what's happened. It's like a snow globe's been shook up. And everything's gone in the air, and they go, that's who I am. I don't, oh, I, I can make a choice now. And they're just figuring out how to choose differently. And a lot of people are going, I don't want to just live the same day for the next 50 years, you know, go education, do a job, have kids, retire, die, that kind of cycle. They're kind of looking at like life as value each day, being in a present moment. And they're asking the question, why am I doing things? And that's shook up the, the status quo of a job where you go in nine to five, punch in, punch out, and you just climb the ladder. And those people who have seen that and lived it and saying, I don't want to do that anymore. So they're leaving, but they haven't figured out what they want to do next. So you're in this kind of transition, but that's where good, good opportunities come is where people are thinking differently, yeah. but they just need to grow into where the world is going and take the best of what's been, but don't get lost in, you know, having to know everything. And what's going to come next is the next almost second generation of opportunities for real people doing real work, not just turning the wheel. And there's that sense of turning the wheel. It's a, I think <clears throat> it's still there to some extent, but there's, there's almost an epidemic of busyness in that it's, you know, it's cool to be busy, like some badge of honour. Um, and you rush, and I know certainly from my own career history, kind of rushing around from one place to another. You're, you know, you're earning good money. You've, you're going on multiple holidays. You're owning your own home, but something's not quite right. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're going through the paces, and I think um, 
we don't realize that how much we trade away in exchange for money and how finite and precious a resource time is yeah and and yet we we kind of give it away give it away thinking that they're giving us opportunities like houses when we're it just at times doesn't feel like a a good exchange i think the question has to be asked which people are now is going what is value because people used to say money status almost the old saying is i'm earning money i don't need to buy things i don't want to impress people i don't like and the people have gone oh i don't really act like me why is that ah because i'm letting i'm looking outside myself for validation status things and i think what the pandemic did for the entire world was uh like i said time that's all the only real uh, value we have left in our individual lives and to make choices what we do with that time and when people were you know, getting ill, they had to look in their mortality check and go, is this what I really want for me? Not what am I trying to be? Yeah. And going forward, people are redefining what success is. There's still the hustle culture because that's the, you know, social media thing to go and kind of look busy, be busy, convince the world. But actually, if you look behind the scenes, it's just a squeeze. You can only do that for so long. Is it balanced? Is that healthy? And people are asking the second question about what is the right combination of things? Because you can't just be intense all the time. I figured out in my life, and that just makes you not only ill, but you just burn out. You can't be your best. It's always about flow, you know, work smart, not hard. You know, at a young age, don't know if you don't know stuff, just have a go and just get lost and try hard. Then you figure out how to do it better. There's a mastery of things. And I think the world is figuring out what bits work and they're mastering those in a balance. It's just, it's all levels now, economic, political, cultural, but mostly individual. And people will be figuring out what's the best of them, hence their individual genius. What is them, they already are, as an artist, a person, whatever that is, to bring into the world or the next phase of their life. And it doesn't matter if you're 16 doing GCSEs or 65, because a person I spoke to yesterday who's kind of going, are you asking the same question I, I'm asking my grandkids? And you're going, oh, it's a life question. doesn't matter where you are in life, you have to define what your version of success is, because, again, time is the only real value you've got. Spend it wisely. Money is just a byproduct. Yeah. It's, um, I'm, I'm really glad that you pulled through social media because, you know, you see... You, you see in here and uh, we're, we're both living in, in Plymouth and I spent some time working with young people in Plymouth and looking at what their career aspirations were and they would mimic what they saw in the press so they would want to be a footballer or a racing car driver or the girlfriend of a footballer or an influencer you know um and as a gen xer you know oh that's that's terrible you know kind of there's there's more to you about that but it it makes me wonder how we can have conversations with um with ourselves and with other people to say well that's okay but it's still an expectation wanting to become an influencer is as much of an expectation as wanting your parents encouraging you to be a lawyer or a doctor it's it's somebody else's um, impression, somebody else's stamp on what you should do as opposed to you know, what you deep down really 
should do. Yeah, it's it's all about influence, isn't it? Or influences more likely is mm. it's nature nurture. You are the story that you've got to for this point, but you don't need to be defined by it. I think a lot of people attach themselves by the story they tell themselves or what the world is telling them how to be. Um, and they're not asking the question that they really want to ask themselves, which is, who am I? They're asking, who do I need to be? Which is very externally focused. And it takes a lot of courage to not look at the world and go, where do I fit in? Is asked a question of, who am I? And how do I engage with the world? The relationship shifts. It's almost like a dependency model. The social media gives you the dopamine hit of value because you get a like. It's like, I'm, I found my place. Everyone wants to be liked and accepted or whatever but they don't ask what for and how does that really relate with them as a person deep down so the question of why i think has to come from the person you can there's an old uh, saying in, in the helping profession you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink so the question has to come from the individual there's a load of people there and said look we can help you but people need to find that themselves mm-hmm. and the young people are hit with so much stuff they're not equipped to deal with it so many different influences in regards this is how you need to do this you know the 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 quick influencer thing i could you know have an amazon this or whatever they're not asking the question of who am i and what is my relationship with that thing because do i really want the fame and attention to fill a hole inside of me an identity or is it something else we all have influences but it's down to us. Are we going to be defined by them or are we going to make our own choices? It takes a lot of courage for someone to say, I'm going to try being me in a world where there's a load of people seeming successful and I may not be able to be perceived by that. So self-worth is the biggest thing, anxiety, imposter syndrome. And you get in celebrities now saying, uh, that's normal. You're looking at the, the peak and actually <laughs> the iceberg kind of thing is actually we all have that. I watched a, a podcast with Gabby Logan recently um, and I was like going, success and actually it's just pain. And actually the question she's asking is, whoa, what would I do if I didn't have to do? And that's the question I think people need to ask now is you have a chance to choose what do you want to do, not what you've had to do. And you can create it for yourself. You just need, need to make that choice. Choose you not what the world's telling you to be. So what kind of exercises do you do? You know, if you can just give us a, a small glimpse or perhaps kind of you know, one or two questions that our listeners can ask themselves you know, to, to start on this journey. In regards to basically how the world is in the moment, just to kind of begin the journey to being you, is literally the first thing is to stop. Because I think people think about doing uh, and change is action and actually the first start the first step is not action it's stillness and actually to catch up with yourself because the world is running so fast you're trying to long, run alongside it and you're going actually come off the way up just step aside it's not going to fall apart just listen to yourself and a lot of people don't realize that's the most important thing as you go through life is listen to you when you start doing that the rest of the world's not so noisy so the first thing I do with people is silence. Step away what's influencing you, phones, whatever. Just give yourself 30 seconds to see what it's like because it's an attachment disorder. Oh, I need, I need, I need. Make a choice to go, I'm going to put my phone down. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm just going to sit and not be afraid of overthinking. Just sit. 
or maybe put some music on or whatever, just change the dynamic of it. Mm. And from that space, you've created the shift. I think a lot of people think you have to make big, you know, grand gestures. It's a quantum moment sort of stuff. That comes later. That comes when you're in the flow and life happens to you and when you're ready for it. But the first bit is stop and listen to you. It's not about trying to explain something to someone else or prove yourself to anyone else. It's to choose you. That's the first question. The second bit is what is what is you saying to you? And where is it really coming from? If you start identifying, oh, that's what a friend told me. Oh, hang on, that's not helpful. Um, all right, listen to that little voice, the little you, the real you that was born there in the first place. Listen, it's probably telling you what you need to do next. And that's not going to come from the outside world. You're not going to be validated by it. It's just stop. And once you do that, find a way how you can communicate. So as I do, as you see with the stuff that I've had to do, which is visualize. My brain runs quite fast. I just do stickets, a lot of them. Bang, 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 bang. So I've got stickets here just floating around all over the place. So I've got one there, which I wrote down for a while because I get lost in the motion, which says drop everything and be selfish. Because as a helper, you just go, 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 go. But how do you listen to yourself? Like anything in life, you have little snapshots. Put yourself down. Don't have to carry it. It's there if you need it. And then when you build a relationship with yourself, that real authentic confidence comes from you mm-hmm. and you start realizing you're able to make these choices this way of living which is you based not the world based and those clues will come from you because you already are who you need to be you just haven't paid attention to it yet one of the things that really struck me you know just at the beginning of that in terms of creating the space is you know, a lot of people are worried about overthinking and it's almost like those inner voices just have been unheard for so long that as soon as you stop they all come through (laughs) like a big rush but actually then they do finally start to become more of a clearer rhythm (laughs) makes sense that you can act yeah I think most people it's the fear of being overwhelmed inside their head so that's why they distract and that's normal we all do that I'm the same, the Instagram stuff, the dopamine hit, you know, drink, all that kind of stuff. It gives you that out, that easy excuse. I don't need to deal with it now. I can just put something in the way. But when you do slow down, listen, you'd be surprised what actually comes out. It's not as afraid. It's almost like anything in life, you know, you, the, the fear of something is bigger than actually what it is. Overthinking is just you feeding that, that fear. Not actually what's happening. You can choose just to slow down. But learning how you do that, that's where the magic comes. Finding mm-hmm. that space in between the doing and actually the thinking is where you really are. Just be. And for a lot of people that um, are listening to the podcast, they've got a number of different commitments in their life, perhaps with their life partner or with children or you know financial commitments in place and so it can seem quite scary to pursue something that could destabilize or you know jeopardize um those commitments do you have any advice you know on on how to tackle those issues yeah i think the it's all about change we all like to be sure of things even if it's a bad thing it's 
it's no it's better to know the devil you know kind of thing even if it's bad we're, we're safe choosing different means choosing something you don't know uh and that could be as small as you know a different restaurant or something like that when it comes to you it's a bit more loaded because you see all you're the center of the the web and you've got to make that choice consequences but that's what life's about is is having a go if you would you rather live a life of uh, basically fulfillment or do you want to live one year 50 times you know family and all that stuff they're great they're not going to fall down if you stop doing what you're doing you just find the best way to you to do it responsibility is always going to be there but it doesn't have to define you the best and most beautiful people that i work with are those people that are too responsible and too caring they forget the element of in the room which is them and when they realize that actually they don't need to live their life in a legacy focus of keeping everyone else up and actually be the best of them you know one of the clients that i did two years ago was a mom russian scotland pandemic hit had two kids couldn't speak language all this stuff she never once considered herself as part of the equation as a person she was a thing. She was like, a, it was a job all the time. And the work I did with her wasn't massive. It was just turning the mirror a bit. And the big revelation for her was, I can show my kids who mom is. And that came from her. And that changed our whole world because now she's being her as a mom. Now that's a healthier relationship. She can also give her two sons a good idea of, women as a person not just as a mom all this kind of otherworldly stuff which she never would even consider because she's doing stuff that she feels like she has to do mm. and when it comes to making a different choice i think it's take that first step don't worry about all the big stuff it's not again big choices choose you and then the other choices will figure themselves out but choose you for at least i don't know five to ten minutes a day and then the rest will kind of answer the bigger questions as you go along but it can be really daunting because you know in that example I, I don't know how old her kids were but they'll you know we've we've all come across um parents or partners or kids who don't want you to change because they feel safe in those boundaries um a classic example is around entrepreneurship and you know I'm a member of many different Facebook groups for women entrepreneurs especially and probably once a week once every few days somebody puts up my family will think that I'm an idiot help (laughs) so have you got any advice on on how people can you know because I think be you know your friends and family want to keep you safe but also in you being that square peg it keeps them feeling safe as well so yeah any advice there i think it's that's a relationship which is convenient but not healthy it's dependency if you're just doing things to keep everyone else safe does that mean you're safe you know you you're a human too it's all about working together in a teamwork thing not just you know, it's like manager or leader. What are you going to be? Leader empowers, manager controls. You know, and everyone grows. No one stays the same year after year. So change is going to happen either way. It, you know, you're not going to be around forever. And when it comes especially to female entrepreneurs, there's a lot of growth there, but still a lot of over-responsibility. 
you know, I'm having to prove myself. I still have to be the mom and all this kind of stuff. And that is a high pressure situation. So you're helping everyone who's helping you. And the thing is just to step back a bit and go, I need to value me and then my responsibilities. Because if I change, that doesn't mean I'm going to hurt them. Actually, it can actually make them better because they won't depend on me. And if you want to, you know, see a long-term focus on stuff, everyone's independent for who they are and make their own choices. If you're sticking around going, I'm also responsible for everybody else and me, that's what you're teaching. You know, you're getting in your own way. Allow them to see you as vulnerable because at, at the end of the day, if they can see it's okay for you to have a wobble, they're going to realize it's okay for them to have a wobble. It's all about being genuine. And especially when it comes to parents nowadays, we're all lost. We're all trying to figure it out. We're not all, you know, got the right answers. We're not, you know, Google walking around in human form and allowing people to see the human side. That growth is most important, especially now more than ever. That emotional intelligence to go, yeah, mom's not all right. And actually, the reason why that is, is do you want to know who I am? And that now people are asking. Having a relationship with the people in your life, not just based on their you know, organizational chart of grandparent parent is the most valuable going on for you when you grow up. When you become an adult, you can't be, you know, son and daughter for the rest of your life. It's all about those relationships. And people are learning to have mature ones now. It just, it's making a different choice and not knowing how they're going to, who they're going to be next. Mm. But it's okay. No, it's, it's really so poignant and yeah we've 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 pulled through the example of women but you know men as as well and sometimes even more so because there's almost a pressure on men to be a breadwinner to be the strong one the one who brings in the wages the one who's stable and is the rock you know within the family and I think um there's there's definitely an element in poor mental health for for so many men is just they're forced into a mold that just doesn't quite fit yeah it's learned behaviors from a young age again nature nurture i grew up in an age where it was still job for life you know career ladders you only had three choices you know university further education or job then what that was it you know that world doesn't exist now it's almost too much choice and but still that stigma of what a man quote-unquote identity looks like and what you have what you're marked against um the world has changed yet the view of how we see people hasn't you know you're not good enough because you're not much you know i was a small five foot kid at 16 you know there's nothing there i'm not physically intimidated i got crap grades at gcse i told i was a failure so as an identity of a man not much masculinity there i had a friend who was six foot two he was very manly and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like going, so I'm a lesser person because he's he's that and I'm not that. You have to define your version of who you are. And with all this, you know, gender fluid stuff, I think people are figuring out their, their kind of color, their flavor, if you want to put it that way. But when it comes down to gender specifics, I think that has to come from you. Society will always mark you and judge you, but you don't have to take that on yourself. You know, figure out life for yourself. The best people I know are those who just figured it out as they went along and grew as they changed. You're not a one set person and go, by the way, here's my Lego character for life. 
doesn't work that way. You know, go and play. You know, do you have the same routine, the same cuisine day in, day out? No, you change, as do you. So be open to that and understand that your value does not come from the world telling you that you're something. It has to come from you. And people will accept you either way. If they don't, that says something about them. Move on. You'll find the right people at the right time if you just be you. And I want to shift the focus slightly to within a workplace environment, uh, because, again, kind of there'll be a lot of people listening in who are perhaps leaders who are responsible for the growth and development of people around them. And, you know, you look at many industries and the competition for talent to grow through is is fierce. Um, <clears throat> so if you're a leader, how do you, you know, are there are there elements that you can pull through into you know, the, the development of your own teams um, and what gets in the way? What have you observed? The interesting thing is what's happened now is you had a lot of professional development stuff happen in the last 15 years, like psychometrics, AI coming. It's all challenged this idea of what good is, or especially teamwork. And all these different technology softwares, like you know productivity tools, I think there's a lot of stuff, but how you use that stuff, I think people haven't really figured out yet. The best leaders I know are those who are open. They they turn up as who they are, not their job. And they they go in the team. They don't sit above and say, by the way, pull me along. It's, it's I get the credit, you don't. And they equip other people to be who they are by trusting them. It comes from, if you want to attract the best people, are you the best you? It's all the same thing, you know. It's you can look at life's equations and go like attracts like. Okay, mm -hmm. great. So I really want really inspiring people, but yet I'm a manager and I want to control them and stuff like that. Well, that's not going to happen. That's a broken equation. So when it comes to people growing their businesses, especially in teams, is look at the balance. It's almost like look at the World Cup. Do you have a whole eleven set of players, one goalkeeper, and eleven defenders? No, you don't. You have different people doing different things and then you figure out how they work together and against who. And I think people just need a metaphor in their head that kind of allows them to work in the team and on the team in a healthy way. But it all comes down to trust. You can't control everything if you want something good. If you want something great, you really have to trust your people by leading by example most of the time. You can't, you know, say something and not do it. Walk the talk. And then the rest will fall into place if you just live by that simple professional value and everyone will respect you if you don't need to ask for it it will come in time yeah and I think um you know just reflecting on my own experiences as a leader you know we bring in elements around psych psychological profiling or even strengths assessments and and focusing in on people's strengths and how you can knit those together how you can create an inclusive culture that allow space for people to express who they are as well um but then you know I've worked in quite uh quite ethical places you know in the public sector especially where there's investment in professional development and that's that's shaped who I am as a leader that I've taken to other settings I don't know how common it is in other in other workplace environments to be fair I think it depends on who the leaders are at the top. Big wheels turn. You know, the way I've always looked at it is they're not looking at today. They're looking at a year and ahead. So you can pretty much see the feel and the culture that's coming. What happened with the pandemic, that shook everyone's plans up. 
and no one knew what to do because there was no precedent for it. But the best people, the best businesses I see that are growing quick have a leader or leaders. It's probably that's actually not one, it's two, which complement each other. It's almost like you have um, the manager and the captain. You have someone who's charismatic, who isn't a, for example, a logical person, but someone who knows enough about how to inspire people, and then someone who's competent. And they, they kind of float. It's like yin and yang. And all the teams just follow that in symmetry below. doesn't matter what it is. They have that kind of symmetry imbalance. And when it comes to where the world's going, you're going to have people who are technically brilliant with, with the technology side. Can they speak to the human side? That's the balance. You can have the best tool in the world, but if no one can really use it, then it's just a tool. Um, and it's understanding getting the right flavors. It's like a, uh, a brilliant meal. You don't just have meat and potatoes. You have different stuff. Find the people that make the best dinners and bring them in. Not too many cooks in the kitchen. They're, they are your ingredients. But trust them to be the ingredients. Don't over, overkill them with control and everything has to be. Enjoy the journey. And I think the element of play is needs uh, that key element. Is It's not always about KPIs. I think everyone's kind of focused a bit too much on that. How about put a soft skills one and go, what is joy? If people come to work and enjoy what they're doing, what does that say? Because there you don't have to tell them to do anything. They'll come to you with solutions, not problems. And then, then it goes. You got to think there are some kind of technical or engineering or manufacturing environments where that would feel yeah hugely alien yeah it's like you want to do that? <laughs> that fits that but the people that are going to that industry you look at it and they go that's their philosophy that's the type of people they attract and you go that's brilliant because we need those people mm-hmm. so you find out how they work you don't go one size fits all by the way here's a creative person put them in an engineering thing and they're going to be all floaty they won't deal with it and you go but how do you take the element of structure and science and bring it to the human element because engineers are people still they just interpret the world a different way and you're going to get people like a dyson who is an engineer but is 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 around so we're not just one thing we are several things hence your individual geniuses you may be a brilliant engineer but maybe you're you could do a bit of art as well or maybe you you actually like a bit of writing you'd be very surprised that underneath what people that do who they are and what they really have always been able to do but never saw as value is actually the greatness and it's understanding that and allowing that to grow because instead of just growing a branch imagine growing a tree where those branches just go off and it has to come from a healthy environment that's allowed a lot of people are so afraid especially now of uncertainty i can't i have to hold my cards i can't play them because my job may not be here tomorrow mm. and that's what the, the fear factors in people are figuring out i have to make a different choice but i'm too scared because if i do make a choice i'm going to lose and actually if you look at it and go do you do you really want to hold no one to hold them no one to hold them all this kind of stuff go with it uh, and just make a simple choice ask a different question i think is the first step and you'd be surprised the answer you think in your head probably isn't what's going to come out, and you just follow. Can you bring that alive a bit more? Well, asking a different question. So um, 
in meetings in business communication there's always quite a status quo there's an, different personalities hold hold the room and you're just going to get the same outcome you know people are going to sit down and do nothing it's finding ways to communicate and allow those people that have something to con- contribute contribute not everybody's a good talker they don't feel comfortable some people are really good at writing some people are good at visuals it's understanding how they learn and communicate and then allow them to contribute in that way. And they will ask you the questions that you probably really need to hear, but you have no idea even exist. And they will come from your team because they only not only know you, but they know what you're doing and they invested for you to go forward. So when it comes to meetings in any form of communication, it's set an agenda and a narrative. So you have a box to play around with, but allow people to contribute from who they are, but allowing that space to go, you don't need to be put on the spot and squeezed. How about we just allow it? Don't put your name on it if you don't want it and share it with the group because once you have something, and what I use with the visual stuff is, it's safe. It's there. It's like a painting. You can see something different. Can we work on it? And that's when you realise greatness comes, where mm. people feel free to contribute and not just stuck in a static culture of, I can't because they do. Mm. And it, yeah, it's really helpful in in terms of bringing through the agility, in terms of the flexibility, and and also kind of just experimenting so that you get the most of that diversity and the most from yourself as well when you try to ask a question in a different way. If you um, if you connect with somebody who's at a polar opposite opinion than you, you will both grow. You will yeah. both grow if you have an honest, open conversation, try to understand each other's point, point of view. Um, I'm just, one of the things that is on my mind a lot at the moment is, is partly around that agility because you know, we've, we've had these huge external shocks around COVID, around the supply chain issues, around conflict, a climate is coming through as, as a huge issue, um, but also around technology um, and some of the future of work publications, particularly towards the tail end of you know, the 2010, so 2018, 2019, um, you know, PwC did some huge pieces around the future of work that predicted where jobs would be automated. Um, and we're seeing more and more AI tools coming through that are just picking up uh, general tasks and yeah you know, I've been thinking this this through and it's a it's a natural wave of technology you know, in, in Victorian ages there were people whose job it was to light the lamps you know each day and then switch the lamps off so you know, it's, it's a natural evolution um, in terms of in terms of roles but the the reports were showing that nearly every single industry would be disrupted mm-hmm. if you look at accounting for example and bookkeeping you know, Sage and other tools have taken so much um, off the work of people who'd be, you know, running it in ledgers or running it in Excel documents here, there and everywhere. So you can see these shifts happening. Um, and in, in some respects, the shifts, you know, if you look at the most doom laden, they're suggesting that up to 30% of jobs become automated and that no gender no age, no industry is particularly safe. Um, how can, well, first off, <laughs> other than 
get people to read these reports and take them seriously rather than go, oh, there's a new AI tool. We're all doomed and we're going to lose our jobs. The, these reports have been around for some time. So, yeah, read them and, and think about them in your own context. But, yeah, how can, how can people you know, start to start to see these external shocks as a, and use them really for their own benefit? I think the first thing is this ain't new. It always happens in life. We're humans, we're tool builders. So we build things to make our lives easier. But when we do that, we eliminate something we've always done, which is safe. Like you said about the people lighting lamps. Um, you look at that and go, well, why was that needed? Well, it was. And then we built something to make it easier for us. That's all that we do. AI is just another version of that. Um, I think it's a perspective. We've built a tool. Have we understood the tool and how do we best use it? It's going to eliminate jobs, but this ain't the first time this has happened in human history. So look at it from the other way. If we don't have to do the jobs that we have to do, does that allow the next question, which is we have a choice to do what we want to do? And always the question comes back to the individual is, you don't have to go and do a nine to five and do this thing because this thing does it for you. How about you ask, now you have to worry about that. I know there's a money element in there and purpose, but the purpose doesn't come from the a job that you have to do. The purpose will now come from you. And what that will do with society as a whole thing is our relationship with the world around us by using these great tools we've built. It's just there's so many of them, so much change. Change is good, but you have to look at where you are with it and taking your step because it isn't going to be a big tsunami whack it's always there it's always dripping in I remember when the internet came along when I was young we had one computer per school oh no 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 we're going to have that it's all this stuff floppy disks all this kind of stuff in my generation I've seen basically four different phases of growth I don't recognize the generation that my you know nephew's growing up in but yet you adapt and go my relationship with it and when it comes to AI it can help on multiple levels because it's an intelligence. You don't, you can trust it to do things that just do. It's a, it's a formula, it's a zeros and ones. But the next bit is we now don't have to think about thinking so much. We can actually pull down pretty much, instead of picking the oranges and eating the oranges, we're just getting the orange juice. So again, your relationship with it. When it comes to work, think about what you could learn not what do you have to do to do something just to sit down and do nothing. And those who are thinking about how to use the tool, not the other way around about what's going to tool them do to them, are the ones that are going to grow with it. It's always happened this way. And it's, again, history repeats itself, but just in a different form. Always start with you, your relation to it, not the other way around. And you'll find that actually quite quickly you're empowered because you can make the choice. It doesn't control you, you control it. And so often with technology, it reduces stress, it reduces burden, it reduces frustration. It can, you know, when I have introduced technology as, as a change, it can be, you know, in the past it's been seen as quite threatening, but actually the people that I was working with were saddened that they didn't get to finish their work each day that they would come into more work again so they felt frustrated they felt under pressure all of the time so when you say look there's got to be a different way we've got to be an evolution of what we're doing that that 
helps you have that pride of work because you're absolutely excellent at what you do. You're experts. You can't be replaced by a machine or by a process. But I want I want you to show up as the expert, not as the person who's scrambling all the time. <laughs> but that's under, you come from a place of solution, not problem. And that's the perspective, as you said, this can make you better. And they're going, but you're taking away something that my identity is attached to. And we're all like that. Change is like that. I like to know what I'm constantly doing, even if it's bad, because at least I know it. Um, when it comes to any form of change, it's your relationship to it. It's your perspective. It's what are you looking at? And if you're coming from a space of it's bad, you're never going to see what's good. Even if, you know, it could be the cure for cancer or whatever. If you're, not, if you're going in there with a perspective of bad, you're going to miss it. It's like when you, you know... I said to a lot of young people, they go, oh, I'm alone. I'd love to be uh, um, my, my love of my life. Go slow down because you're constantly looking at this criteria. You're not paying attention to what's showing up. You're not open to it. You're constantly judging. So take the judgment away and look at this amazing stuff that's around you. Change the way you look at things. The things you look at change. And it has to start with the person. If they're in a place where they can see themselves as going, I think I'm all right, the chances are, their relationship with the world and people around them is going to be a positive and healthy one to grow. Those who hold and and sit just need a bit of help to go, it's okay. How about this? And allow them to make that choice for themselves. And that's what's happening with the world at the moment. It's just no one said, how about this? Everybody's shouting. Not many people are listening. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true. So listen, how how do people work with or how do you work with people how do people work alongside you so my kind of like status quo normal comfort zone is one-to-one -one because that's what i'm naturally introverted sensitive person reading and understanding the individual is where i'm best at so it's one-to-one -one coaching it could be in person or you know a lot of the time ever since covid hit with um the last three years is remote which is brilliant because that's matured that software so now you don't have to be in person to help somebody you can be across the world i was able to help people before russia did the went where, where they did help them and i was like how did that happen it's people in america australia like going these are places that, you know a few years ago you could not do a telepresence to your value is not based on your physical thing so the way i've always seen it is you sell your job uh, your job is when you say your time a career is where you sell your knowledge. So now the conversation is, ah, I've got a career where I can sell my knowledge. So I work with people one-to-one -one and looking to do more group stuff because all the being you stuff that I pull together can help more people. And that's where it needs to go is just, hey guys, here's the path. Have a go. And we're going to help you along the way. But it starts with you. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If you've got a question, great. Let's find the answer. But it's their answer, not mine. And how can people find you? Easy. LinkedIn's easy. You can find me on there. Or as I found out recently with a client, you can just Google me, down Underwood, and put career coach in there, and I come up. And my website's on there as well. So I've got on there at the moment a free 30-minute session if you want to taste out some career coaching and the being you uh, method and the visual synthesis. So, yeah, the door's open. You just have to turn up and knock. And I'll be on the other side waiting to answer. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Um, so as we wind up, it, I'm always curious about that one snippet of advice that you would give 
um, as a summary to the to our listeners. Good advice. Probably the the first thing you should say to yourself in the morning is, "I'm okay." You're awake, right? The first step you take in each day has to be the one that sets the rest of the tone. If you wake up and look at your phone and the world's coming into your head, stop. Realize you're okay. You're breathing. You got a roof over your head. You, that's the first step. Where you take the next step is up to you. But if you can start with that first step and realize that you are all right, then I think the rest will follow. You just do a few days with that, and you realize the world around you will start changing what it looks like, and you'll be all right. Because in the end of the day, it's like fear. You know, it's ninety-seven percent of what you think doesn't make it real. Take a step, you'll be all right. And you may realize what you feared all along is probably where you needed to go to grow, but you'll be all right. <laughs> like that, indeed. Um, so, Dan, thank you so much. There's so much that you've offered. There's so much that we've covered in this this time. It's <laughs> not normally as long as these, uh, but we've, we've covered everything around uh, expectations and presence that comes through really strongly again which is you know the answers just have to be you have to show up to listen to your own answers um that's why i think it's so beautiful that we started with the the moment of pause for a moment um we've covered yeah how you can negotiate the shift in relationships yeah that comes about when you start to assert your own need and follow your own path because it can be threatening to those around you um, and also how you can nurture people in in roles around you um, to help them to show up, to create a team environment that yeah, everybody comes in full force. Uh, so we have covered a lot within the time. Um, so I sincerely want to thank you, Dan. Uh, and we'll be dropping uh, information within the uh, within the write-up for this episode as well. So if there's if there's more you want to do with Dan then do get in touch indeed and and you know he introduced you as a career and mindset coach and and what's come through very strongly is that you're not some fill in the answers and then get it spewed out as to oh you're a you're an ex with a ditch for ex <laughs> so much more um which is which is so good to see uh, so so to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Happy New Year. Hope you've had a wonderful time. Um, I hope that you are feeling empowered for 2023. You know, kind of we had in the Twixmas edition, we were saying it doesn't all have to be frenetic energy at this time of year. There's no big expectation, no big stage because you get to choose who you are each and every day. So take your time because that's a decision that needs time taken on. Um, so for now, if you've enjoyed this oh, puppy, if you've enjoyed this episode, um, like, share, subscribe. Uh, we'd love to see you some more, and uh, we'll see you again very soon. Cheers, cheers, Dan. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback. And if you've enjoyed it, please click on that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up and feel free to share. Join us for our next episode of the Exponential Potential podcast. Ignite your potential 
and thrive in times of great change.